you have tuned into the Norse Wilderness Podcast, where we sit down to relive our past adventures and memories of our time spent on the mountain. I am your host, Justin Stearns, and I am joined here by my son and your co-host, Tyson. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Today, this is a 2022 season recap. But I want to start this podcast off with explaining our outro on the last one. Our last outro is pain is weakness leaving the body. This I heard from a deckhand in Alaska on a chartered fishing trip. My uncle had hooked into a halibut and been fighting it for over an hour. He started to complain that his toes were cramping, his arms were cramping, everything was hurting. He, granted, he was like 61 years old, so he's an older gentleman, but he was complaining of the pain and the deckhand comes up and goes you have to do this mark pain is weakness leaving the body that explains that lived by that ever since if it hurts it means you're living all right to start off our recap our first big game hunt of the year was utah general deer archery or should we start off with the lion hunt in february yeah let's start off with that lion hunt now because i mean i wasn't there when you killed it but Oh, but that was fun. I was like, there a couple of times. Start off with a lion hunt that I killed in probably February. A buddy of mine got me a really good buddy of mine got me a lion tag and took me lion hunting, which that was a lot of fun. I think we hunted. It took us about three months, but we probably only hunted like six, seven days, and it wasn't a very good lion year last year. This year's turned out to be already a very much better lion year for him. But that was a lot of fun. Chasing them hounds around, getting up at midnight, two in the morning, go cut tracks. I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was the that time that we cornered that. Uh, wasn't it a female? Or the one on the book list. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, just a small female. Yeah, you didn't end up taking it, but that's so still cool. That's the closest I've ever been to a lion. Yeah, we caught probably like four or five more lions before I decided to actually shoot one. So before that, were they all just, like, small lions? It was all small females, yeah. Then we finally got a tom, so I decided to take it because my buddy and his group of friends all believe in only taking the toms and leaving the females for reproducing because they believe in management that way to keep lion hunting a thing. And I got a call on the radio, said they cut a track, so we went over there and sat on it till daylight. You can't turn your dogs out till daylight. We turned them out. And they chased it for 45 minutes to an hour and then got it uh, bayed on a cliff that they couldn't actually find it. So we were getting mixed reports on his little GPS tracker that they couldn't quite find it. They were really close, but it was just hidden just off of a ledge. Pretty good drop, four or 500 foot. We ended up finding it, taking that cat. It was a lot of fun. Then we had to lower... Pat's brother Brandon down onto the lion to actually carry it up the ledge. We went down back to the truck, grabbed a rope, tied it to his waist, and lowered him down. He grabbed a hold of the cat and tied the rope to it, drug it up, drug Brandon up. It was a lot of fun. I remember it was pretty uh, sketchy for you guys to lean over that. Yeah, it was unnerving. But to start off big game, we'll go with Utah General Deer Archery. That started like August 22nd, I want to say it started this year. Filled my tag on opening day. The Utah General Deer was just a weekend hunt. I wasn't able to take time off of work for this one, so I was just hunting it. Friday evenings through Sunday evening. 
It is only about it's only about a two hour drive from the house to where we hunt. That ain't too terrible. Anyhow, we got up there, set up camp, went out scouting for a few hours, seen some deer, and come back and made a good dinner. Actually, I don't think so. I think we had peak three fuel that night, didn't we? Yeah. I think it was the next night that we had. No, it wasn't. We ended up coming home. So yeah, we just had a peak three fuel that night. But I like them. I like the bison mashers. Those got to be my favorite. I don't think no. the spaghetti ones peak three fuel, but I like that lasagna type one. I haven't had those ones. I do like peak three fuel more than Mountain House. I don't know. I'm just a big fan of spaghetti. Yeah, I'll never do the chili mac of either one of them ever again. That was explosive. Remember a backpack and trying that chili mac, walking back out of there, dude. It was pretty explosive. But anyhow, let's get back to the story. It's a huge drainage. It's probably a mile from top to bottom. Gain probably uh, probably close to a thousand foot from top to bottom. And we park at the bottom, just glass up into it, get up there and find. Four nice bucks. We're talking 160 to 180 bucks easy. And that's me being generous. Ended up getting a little too impatient. We all just sat there and looked at them through the spotting scope for like 45 minutes. We really should have waited till they moved their second bed. But we we bedded them in about 45 minutes. And we're like, all right, let's get at her. And we started hiking up the ridge on the other side so that our wind wouldn't be blowing to them. We knew we needed to crossover and either come up below them or above them because of how the wind was going and we ended up getting up the ridge and didn't mark it well enough we didn't use the go hunt map rangefinder gps tool that we should have I, I have it just didn't use it we ended up crossing the ridge a little too early and come out way below them and got busted by a buck antelope at about 60 yards he started barking to us and the deer were another 100 yards past that looked down they all bust out jump run about 400 yards across the unit boundary and there was the end of the morning hunt well not really the morning hunt we got back to the truck about i don't know 8 9 we get back in the truck and drive over to the next spot we got five or six spots in this unit but we drive over to the next spot this 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 little glassing knob park down on it and walk out right 40 50 yards to a little knob and you can sit there and glass this giant drainage sitting there glassing that and we ended up spotting a buck about eight nine hundred yards away pat decides that he's gonna go after it he makes this big long loop gets around it so he can come down on it and down on it from like two directions i guess that's kind of hard to explain there's on this big ridge pat went around this giant ridge that had a bunch of little finger ridges going up it and he was wanting to come down on i'm gonna say the left side because that's what it was as i was looking at it the left side of him which had a little finger ridge in between them tiny one i'm talking like 20 foot deep finger ridges and he comes down it so he can pop over up at them but they'd in the time it took him to get over there they got up out of their beds and started feeding downhill and down into the creek so i'm sitting there trying to signal this to him with my hands you know didn't really have a way of communicating very well but we're trying to look at or through our binos at each other and communicate then i see him freaking out pointing back our direction he's pointing out that there's deer below us and i was like what is he doing and then that's when uh you spotted the deer we're on this rock and kyson looks down and goes there's a buck there's a buck right below us yeah i remember that that's yeah. one of the few times i've actually spotted something yeah that is you spotted those ones for sure and so, we still then i was like oh yeah there is deer down there 
But I was looking at the bigger buck that was like four or 500 yards down inside this drainage. You're looking at a buck that's at like 70 yards that I just still hadn't seen. Like, most of the animals we've actually, X and I have been most, but most of the time in, during hunting season, I don't really spot anything except two times. Well, I mean, you didn't kill the one that I spotted. Got to use your glass more, dude. You mainly either sit down on our glassing knob and don't glass as much as I do, or when we're in the truck glassing from there. I can tell you that you don't glass a quarter of what I do. I glass so much my eyes hurt. Sometimes I don't even glass. You'll be stopped and I'll just sit there. I know. Use your glass more. You'll find more animals. I'm just not very much of a somebody to sit there and spot out an animal. You'll learn to love it. At least I did. I mean, I'm sure once I'm older and a little bit more patient, I might like it, but the patience level on me is like zero. Yeah, and you're the one that says you can sit there and you'd sit a water hole for 12 hours straight. I, I said I would try. I yeah, no. Three hours is pretty rough of just sitting there. I know. I was pretty proud of ourselves for sitting in the water for three hours this year. That was brutal. Oh, yeah, it was. It was way cold. But after Kyson points out these deer to me, and I'm like, oh, shit. So I sneak back off this rock, put on my sneak techs, creep around this rock. Takes me probably about 10 minutes. Get within about 40 yards of these deers, but there's this big old, I call them buck brush. I'm not sure. Maybe they're manzanita. I don't know. I'm not really sure the name of the plant. I call it buck brush. Then they start getting up out of their beds, coming up at me, and I, little tiny two point, two by three, I draw back. As soon as he puts his head down, starts feeding, I draw my bow back, let her loose. Complete miss, like terrible. I thought, <laughs> thought it was terrible because I see my arrow go past it, but apparently it was didn't. It went past that one that you were aiming for. Yeah, hit another deer, the nice. nicer buck. <laughs> yeah, he was in his a bed. Dropped him. He died six inches from his bed. Looks like he cool. just breathed a little hard and moved. Then after that, we look up and. Pat's running down the road trying to chase that big buck that was in the bottom of that basin. There's this road that you can't really drive on too well. You could with an ATV road going down into the bottom of this drainage, and he's running down it because he's seen the big buck. I mean, we're talking a good 180 buck easy. He's just running down it, trying to get in front of him, cut him off, and get a shot off at him. Didn't pan out, of course, but (laughs) got to try. He's really willing to just do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And then... Get over there and find out I got a deer. Originally, I called you over to me, and I was like, all right, stand right here so I can go find my arrows because, I mean, those arrows aren't cheap. I'm paying $18 per arrow, and then I got to build them. You know, I got to cut them, put a wrap on them, fletch them, and I'm doing a four-fletch with a helical. I got an illuminated knock on it, $10 broadhead. I mean, I'm talking easy $30 an arrow, if not $35 an arrow. So I have you come over there and like standing stand right here and look this direction that's the direction I shot and I start walking over there and I instantly see my arrow sticking up I'm like oh there it is it's stuck into a deer yeah I, re- I remember that part pretty clearly it was pretty funny because yeah, how you said it it's like dude do you know I killed one and you're like no I yell over to Pat do you know I kill a deer and he's like yeah I was wondering why he drew back on that other one <laughs> <laughs> oops gotta pay attention well, I mean, and know what's behind your target and all that. That's what I didn't verify very well, but it was just brush. I mean, I'm surprised Still you my bad. made it through all that brush, though, because mm-hmm. 
I don't know how your arrow stuck out like that. And it's pretty amazing that you made a kill shot blind. Mm -hmm. But that's why I use them bright colored arrows. I mean, the shaft's dark and everything, but I put that bright orange Go Hunt uh, wrap on it. And I use yellow and green veins. Cause, and I use Illuminate Nox because I want to find them. Yeah, your so. old arrows are a little bit brighter. I mean, just not really when you're in brush, though. They're brighter because they're yellow, but the make, biggest thing that makes them brighter is that I'm using a 4-inch wrap now, and I used to use a 7-inch. I just think I like the 4-inch better. I didn't want that much orange. So we got a deer that day, nice little 2 by 3 velvet buck. You tried to pack them out on your shoulders. <laughs> a lot more difficult than you think. They flop around a lot. You know. Especially when you're trying to be all easy with touching the horns because they're velvet and I didn't want to touch them. So we're trying to be easy and not hold that. Couldn't get them up on my shoulders by myself. I remember he peed on you a little. They do that. The road was only like 200 yards away just so we didn't decided to just pack it out whole, gutted it, pack it out whole. I didn't want to drag his head through the bushes but I didn't know what to grab it by so I tried the ears. That doesn't work very well. Tried cutting a slit in the ears and putting my hand through it so they wouldn't slip out of my hands. That worked for about 40 yards in the ear tour. Don't recommend that one. Got some gripping green photos there. That was a lot of fun. Well, I seen this a while back. I remember looking at this mount this guy had. It was a, of this uh, shed, like this elf that was rubbing off all of its velvet. How bloody they are. Yeah, and it was a pretty cool mount. It was a shoulder mount. Nice pop. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so we ended up packing up camp that day so we could get the horns to the taxidermist to preserve the velvet. Because I decided a long time ago, it doesn't matter how big they are, it's getting some kind of mount, whether I do it myself or whatever. No, we forgot to bring up what mount you did on your line, I think. Mm, yeah, we did. Nice full-body mount. Still feel stupid for paying for that. That was not cheap. That hurt a lot. But it'll be cool when it's done. Still don't have that back. I think only about a year. We're on 11 months right now. Well, you'll be getting it back soon. But when I did pick up my deer, he said it was up next. Well, that means it couldn't be too much longer. Yeah. He's supposed to be texting me soon, but we'll see. He's, he's got to call me and ask about like body shape and all that, so he still hasn't ordered the form, so I'm looking a ways out. We had a weekend free, and I was like, it's hunting season. I'm going to the mountain. Let's go find Pat a deer. He couldn't hunt the morning hunt because he was guiding clients bear hunting. I decided, well, let's go find and look at deer and see if we can't find one for Pat and bed it down. And when he's done bear hunting, he can come kill one. And sure enough, it panned out. Got up there Saturday morning and found a couple of nice bucks, two or three different spots, and sat on one. And for some stupid reason, I don't know why, I was a nice guy. And there's this teenager up there, and he's chasing deer all over the mountain struggling he was finding bucks but he just couldn't get on one and that's where we'd seen that wounded four point earlier that morning and i was like and he was just chasing these little two points kind of like what i shot and he comes over and ended up talking to his dad for about 20 30 minutes and they're like yeah this is the first couple of deer we found I'm like there's deer all over this hill I ended up telling him about them I pointed out the smaller one and told him about that wounded one i didn't actually point that one out because i wanted pat to kill that one we sat there and bedded them down knew right where they were and so we decided to run into a little town that was only about 45 minutes away and it had a little ice cream shop and get some ice cream and then we headed back out there and called pat while we were in town and told him about it 
told him to come kill it, and he said he'd be there in a few hours. Showed up at like four o'clock, but we get out there about noon again, and I relocate him, and and here comes the truck with this teenager in it. And like, oh yeah, we killed that big four point that was wounded. I'm like, nice. Shouldn't open my big fat fucking mouth on that one. <laughs> Trying to be a nice guy and help a little kid out. And I remember when and we I spotting. did, so I should feel good about it, but still just like I should just kept my fucking mouth shut. And we seen them people that while we were glassing around that hill, some people just pulled out in front of us and started pulling out their spotting stuff. That was that same that was that dad and teenager. Yeah. They was looking in the same drainage we were, but they didn't spot them. Because at the time when they pulled up, you know, they got there like 15 minutes after daybreak and they'd already bedded. We knew right where they were and they sat there for like 45 minutes. Even though we were already parked our glassing, they come up and parked like 200 yards away and was glassing the same drainage. It was like kind of unethical in my opinion. I was like, if someone's already there, you, you're late. That's Early bird people, gets the worm. That's why people hike way out in the mountains that way nobody else is there. That's why we're going to do a couple of backpack hunts this year. Actually, the biggest reason we're doing backpack hunts is I just want the adventure of it. You can be away from people that do that, though. Yeah. That's actually the first time I think I've ever been out and somebody's <laughs> done that. But yeah, to get back to the story there, we uh, go and find the next biggest buck. Well, nice four-point buck. A little, little box frame. Probably like a 140, 150-ish deer. Pat pulls up with uh, one of his buddies that was helps him guide hunt well i don't know if he helps him i think pat goes to wyoming and helps him but anywho and i pointed out and they're like how the fuck did you spot this fucking thing it's like because it's on this hillside that no one thinks there's deer on but there is you just got to know where to look i was like i just know where to look i've hunted this year in like three years four years in a row and i was like i finally learned it and know where they hide pointed it out to him and he's like hell yeah I'm going I was like alright well here's my sneak text he takes my sneak text they drive up and around to the other side of the mountain Pat walks up and over the mountain so he can drop down on them because they're pretty close to the top we are all sitting down there at the roads probably eight, 900 yards away watching all through our spotting scopes you can see uh, Pat's face from all the way down that like thousand yard cliff I don't know that's a steep fucking hill dude yeah as you found out when we had to walk up there and help him that was a pain. That's a steep motherfucker. Yeah, but he, like, it's insane how bright red he was. You were too when you oh, got yeah. up there. That time I was up there, I felt like I was about to explode. <laughs> he got down on this little patch of brush that he bedded in and sat there for about 15, 20 minutes, and they stood up. He says, all I could see was his face. I pulled back, shot, drilled him right in the face gonna be a cool mount he's getting it euro mounted with that broadhead still in it we need to go check that out this is his house he picked his up the same day i picked mine up you not see it when you're out there or did he get it a different no, time he you? got it like an hour before because when i got there remington's like oh, i should have just sent my sent your deer home with the pat i was like yeah that has saved me an hour drive hour one way <laughs> okay it's not an hour it's like 45 minutes close enough to an hour I just remember coming home and seeing that. <laughs> but then when we got a, when he shot it, his buddy, I can't even remember his name. Do you remember it? I'm terrible with names. Cody? Was it Cody? Might have been Cody. I think it was Cody. Yeah, it was Cody. Anyways, if your name's not Cody, you're getting called Cody. 
but uh, that was a lot of fun. He's sitting there watching through the spot scope, and he's all talking about how he gave up big game hunting because he likes to line hunt too much and just never had time to go big game hunting. So when he was looking through the spot scope, and Pat dropped that deer in its tracks. He just, woo! I remember that. He goes, hell yeah, smoke that motherfucker! <laughs> he was definitely pumped so was pat he could hear him we're eight nine hundred yards away and you can hear pat going hell yeah except when you shot your elk you like everyone in that entire valley heard you my big bull oh yeah that That wasn't when i shot it it was when we finally found it because yeah i shot it thought i missed then i found blood and we tracked it for like two three hundred yards and the blood disappeared and And then when we got out to that okay we'll get to that one in a minute all right (laughs) And that wasn't even in the same year, though. No, we'll get to that one in a minute. We are. Oh, no, we won't. That wasn't this year. Yeah. But, yeah. Here, we can just bring that up at the end. And we can talk about it now. But after the blood disappears, tracks disappear, we're like, I'm sitting there like, fuck, I'm not going to find this thing. Finally got a fucking bull. General season. And at the time, I didn't even know how big it was. I seen horns. I threw the rifle up and pulled the fucking trigger. It was just that instant. And we were on, like, break. We were just sitting down getting ready to have some lunch. And yeah. There you are. Yeah. Yeah, let's just make a whole podcast about that hunt. So we'll skip that for now. You guys will have to stay tuned to hear that story. That was epic. It's a great one. It definitely had a Grizz Adams roar that I'm sure people heard for five or six miles. And there's people in that valley, too. Oh, there was. There's people right across the canyon. But to get back to Pat's deer, after he dropped that, we'll, we all hike up there. <laughs> well, not all of us. Alyssa didn't quite make it to the top because it's deceiving. This hill doesn't start out too steep, but it's got a curve to it. So the further you walk, the steeper that thing fucking gets. That's why when we got Pat's deer out of there, they got out of the bushes and Cody and Pat are like, just let it go. It'll go to the bottom. <laughs> it made it most of the way. Got stuck in a few bushes, but... They'd throw it out. It'd roll down like 50, yeah, 60 I think, yards. Yeah, they did cut the head off because you packed the head down, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, they cut the head off and they're like, let her roll. That was fun. And Pat gets back there and goes, well, seems how I filled my tag. We're going bear hunting. They, We took it back to the skinning pole at camp, skinned her out, quartered it up, they threw it in the cooler, and away they went. Yeah. You gave me a coyote call so that way I could try. Uh, yeah, thanks, Pat. That was fucking annoying <laughs> at camp that night. I remember you telling me, you can go run way out there, that rock in the distance and use it. We ought to go here one of these days here soon. We ought to go up there and go yodi hunting. Yeah, it'd be fun. There's a lot of them. Oh, that reminds me. The day that Pat killed his deer, we shot that coyote. Oh, yeah. That was the same fucking day. Didn't we just leave it there? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't collect the bounty on it. That thing was taken fasted. Yeah, that's, that's where we ran into them that teenager and his dad that shot that four point and they're showing it to us they come running up to us as we're driving down the road they're like hey you got a rifle there's a coyote standing out there we're like fuck yeah we do (laughs) (laughs) i remember i took like you took two shots and i missed both way bad and then you're like i can't find it i can't find it i'm like as calm as could be you want me to shoot it and you're like yeah boom dead coyote well didn't it like run off yeah, it ran half. Well, you were shooting at it, dude. And I couldn't believe it was still under 100 yards after getting yeah. shot at twice. It was just a little pup. 
Plus, that was a loud gun. Well, the old 243 put a smack down on that coyote. We Isn't keep that... going down rabbit holes. Sorry, folks. It's whatever. That's It's fun talking about that little yeah. stuff, though. Yeah. Next hunt of the season was the Colorado deer hunt. I don't have a lot to say about that one. only hunted it one weekend. Yeah, one weekend before I went for my Colorado elk hunt, which was in a different unit. First weekend I went over there, and it looks like great country. It's kind of low country, but it looks like great country. And that whole weekend I seen two does, two fucking does. I thought it was three. Three, the entire hunt, dude, out of the five days I hunted that unit. That first weekend I spotted two does. I, were fi- I was finding tracks, so I know they were there, but the manzanita brush over there was just huge. I mean, seven, eight, ten, twelve feet tall at times. So it was really difficult to find deer. You'd go walking out through it, and you'd find tracks, but I never caught one out in the open. The two does I seen were the one was at right at first light crossing the road, and the other one was right at last light crossing the road on the way back to camp. That but, almost covers it. Yeah, that, there wasn't a lot. I did find that deer shed when I was out hiking looking for deer. Yeah. That was fun. I always love finding sheds, just walking out through there, and I was like, yeah, there's a shed. I started running, grabbed it up, like, well, found something. That's too bad it wasn't too. Would have made up for the antler part. Not the meat part, though. But you got plenty of meat this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, we had to give some meat away this year. Otherwise, or buy another freezer. So we gave some away. Grandpa. We need to make some, we need to make some of that burger. Yeah. We, of it. I've got like 30 pounds of meat in the freezer from my Colorado elk that we can grind up into burger. And I'm going to take some of. 2021's meat I have left in the freezer and we'll thaw it out and grind all that up into a burger. It's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Just need a good full day to do that. No, out of those burgers we made that one time we could have we could have just like saved half that pack because like one half of that b- patty was just big enough for a burger. I like good thick burgers but just tasty. Smash burgers. But back to yeah. that story. And then after that first weekend, I went to Colorado Elk. And then the Colorado Elk, I ended. I was taking because it was in the peak of the rut. I ended up taking seven days off of work for it. I leave here from the house at like 6 p.m. and it's like a three and a half hour drive to camp. Ended up getting there about 10 o'clock at night in the dark, setting up the jumping jack, get it set up, get my bed made, out of cell service. So. Couldn't talk to anyone. I had to go get the Zolio, turn it on, text everybody that made it to camp. Everything's all well here. Eat me a Peaks Refuel, Bison Mashers, my favorite, like I said. Can't go wrong with that one. Hit the sack and got up the next morning, and I'd done a bunch of e-scouting. had five or six spots, so like, well, go to spot A, get over there, and from the truck, it's like, well, there's no one here. Let out a rip of a vehicle and nothing. I'm not a professional elk caller, so I was like, oh well, still going to enjoy the adventure. Hike in there about a half mile, let off another bugle, nothing. Get about a mile and a half in, let off a bugle, and I get a response. I'm like, oh, right on. Then I get another response from a different direction. Like, well, that one seems even further, but kind of the same direction. But it was getting to that time of morning. It was like 8 o'clock. I was starting to worry about thermal switching downhill. So I was like, well, I need to be, I might be getting onto this about the time the thermals really start swirling. So, but my best bet is going to be to do it side hill on the same elevation as the elk. So I made this like 
loop kind of backwards and downhill. I didn't go straight at him. I loop made this arc downhill about a good quarter to a half mile. Let out another bugle. He responds and he's like, oh, he's still even lower. And then the one clear off in the distance, another ridge over responded. Another one off. I had like four going off. I'm not sure if any were hunters or not. I thought they were. I actually thought the one that I shot was a hunter. Then I was like, all right, well, which one am I going to go after? Sat there and thought about it, listening to him. I was like, okay, which one sounds biggest? And I was like, well, you really can't tell how big they sound or how big they are by the, by the sound. So I was like, well, let's just go after the closest one, go after it, buck it up, and go after the next one. So I make another arc down the hill, get even closer to this bull, let off a bugle, and he responds. I wait about a minute, bugle again, and he didn't didn't say anything. So I'm like, all right. Waited about 10 minutes, and then I started up with a, a little cow party, started just cow calling like crazy. And then at the end of that cow party, I let off a little bugle, and that pissed him off. He ripped up right then and there, and I was like, all right, he's still here. So I make another arc down the hill, got to about his range. I was look, overlooking this little basin, some ponds and stuff down below. It was a pretty beautiful vista. Didn't hear from him. I let out a bugle right there on top of that little knob that overlooked everything. Didn't hear from him. Waited about 10 minutes. I was like, well, I don't know what to do right now. Still kind of new to archery elk hunting. After waiting another 10 minutes, I uh, let out another bugle. And then that fires him up 80 yards away, just over this little rise. He's down inside this little finger draw. When he did that, he was screaming, pissed off, just... But when I heard how pissed off he was, I was like... I always hear, like, Corey Jacobson talk about how he just goes aggressive. And if they don't want to play, they don't want to play, and you go to the next one. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking spit a fucking meatball at this fucker. I let her rip, put a lot of growl in it, just that... A lot of growl just before I'm done fucking spitting at him. I see horns coming over the hill. I finish the bugle, drop the tube, and he comes up to this point. I'm holding my bow. He comes up to this point. There's this little kind of like outcropping a little bit. It's like this perfect point. And this is where I derm come up with the term T Rex roar for elk. So he stood up on that point, and I've seen it happen before, but this one being 53 yards from it was just epic and he just lets off a bugle steam coming out of his mouth just letting her rip on this point letting everybody know in that basin that he was king shit epic after he lets it go he doesn't even stand there he just puts his head down and turns and keeps walking towards me and to explain why i call it a t-rex roar it's from the movie jurassic park and you know the scene i'm talking about right at the end of the movie where that T-Rex stands out by the ocean and just lets out a roar. That's what I thought of instantly when he did it. And I know Jurassic Park's your favorite movie, so I was thinking of it. Then to get back to the story, he keeps walking towards me, and there's a game trail there, a little bit of one. And he walks behind this tree. I'd been ranging everything. I knew all the yardages of everything. Ranged him, ranged a few bushes, and I seen the path he's going to take, ranged that. And what was crazy about this whole experience is I didn't get buck fever at all. I was just like, I knew that I was there for six more days, and if I fucked this one up, I mean, this is the first two hours of the hunt. I wasn't too worried about fucking it up, which was cool because I kept my composure, executed everything perfectly. But he walks past this tree, and as soon as his eyes disappear behind this tree, I draw. 
but he's walking fast enough that he still caught a little bit of my draw. And I stopped him, and he turned towards me, heavy towards me, quartering towards me, heavy. I was like, well, here goes the frontal shot. Let her fly at 34 yards, and it went right home where I was aiming, and it was perfect. Blood squirting everywhere. I know a lot of people argue that frontal shot, saying it, it don't work. It did. Everybody has a bad experience with any shot they've ever taken. I mean, it's just you have them times just like some people love mechanicals i hate them because i had a bad experience with them it's just what it is everybody has their little thing that was my first time taking a frontal shot and it works great i mean blood squirted 10 feet i knew as soon as that arrow hit him that i the moment was just so clear to me i watched it go right where it was supposed to i watched blood fly and i was like hit hard bull that's when buck fever kicked in though after he ran off that's when I started shaking. I was like, oh, fuck. I actually really just did this. Awesome. I was so pumped. Started shaking. Had cell service. I started Snapchatting Melissa and Snapchatting Pat, taking videos of all the blood. And I was like, dude, the frontal shot, look at this. Take a video. I was like, here's his hoof prints where I hit him. Here's this log laying across the ground 10 feet, 12 feet away. And they're just covered in blood. That's how far it projected out of him when I hit him. I walked down his foot trail, leading away a little bit, and there's just blood everywhere. And just, and I sent that video to you. Check this out, dude. Blood everywhere. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. After that, I sat down, wanted to let him expire completely, which I probably could have walked right over there. He was hit hard. So much blood. But I sat down for a good 45 minutes. I was like, well, I've always heard bad stories of people jumping him up and they run forever and ever and ever so I was like we're gonna let him expire sat down pulled out my morning snack which I think I had a one of the bee stinger things and some energy chews and called everybody's like well I had to t- tell everybody my success and how much fun I was already having after waiting 45 minutes I walk over there and there's 30 yards right over this little rise there he is dead fucking perfect but then it took me that was like 9am it took me like four hours to process him because I had to debone him how far I was in there. I was three miles from the truck and not three trail miles. This is three trails or three miles cross country with one little and one big ass drainage to cross. And so it took me like four hours to quarter him, bone him out. But that was because I was also, I took my time on, I caved him out, whole thing. And the only reason I did that is I just wanted to, you know, hone my skills at it. I, didn't, I knew I wasn't going to do a shoulder mount but I still wanted to cape him perfectly and just hone my skills at it you know for the day that I actually do want to cape an animal and shoulder mount it I got the skills to do it so I took the time to cape it left it there because I was one tired puppy by the time I was done I could have probably brought it out and traded it or something with the taxidermist but I was tired I made a packed him out in three trips first trip I took all my, my pack my bow all that the skull and the back straps because that's all I could fit on my pack I had to go back to the truck to get the pack board and that's why I now have that new initial ascent pack because I want to be able to pack me with the backpack I'm already wearing a really cool backpack it's got all that stuff for you Mm -hmm. I'm excited to use it this year but after the first trip I got back to the truck and realized the pack board was at camp so I had to get in the truck drive back to camp find the pack board and get back out there and I was starving so I 
also made a mail wise at camp. And as soon as I get back to the trailhead, I guess I can call it. it wasn't a trailhead, but that's what we'll call it. It started raining. I was like, well, busted out that brand new sick rain gear I bought that I'd been eyeballing for a year. Finally bit the bullet and bought it. I was very happy I did on that hunt because it rained on me the rest of the day. Walked back in, and by this time it's probably 2.33, maybe even close to 4. I wasn't really watching the time too much. Get in there and throw a front and a hind on and pack her on out. Get back to the truck, and it's like 7 o'clock at night, and I know it's going to get dark in two hours. And I'm like, well, I got to haul ass back in there for one more load. Just get it all out today. Haul ass back in, get that next load, the last load, throw it on the pack board and start hiking out. And about halfway back, it got really dark. I had to throw the headlamp on, keep hiking. That was exhausting. It was definitely type B fun, but looking back on it, it was epic packing that elk like that. Heavy loads and got to see a lot of neat stuff on that, except the whole last time coming up that hill in the dark, dude, I should have, like, if I'd have had a GoPro at the time, that would have been fucking epic recording just me coming up that hill bitching and moaning, just yelling, pain is weakness leaving the fucking body. You know, I was hurting, having fun, hurting, though, especially because on that last trip, I didn't make it, like, 100 feet from the carcass and the packboard straps ripped. That's neat. Yeah, no, that's fucking sucked. Had to tie him back on with some 550 paracord and the waist strap completely ripped off that was done for so it was all on the shoulders and still got it out apparently it wasn't designed for how much weight I was carrying yeah no I remember you, you told me about how you saw that gravestone yeah, way the, out the, in the middle of nowhere the headstone yeah that was creepy just walking up this steep ass hill and all of a sudden there's a headstone right there in front of me 30 yards away and I'm like that's not fucking creepy at all walked over into it and the guide only the headstone was only a year old so someone walked clear in there and put it in there and, and that was, coffin that's different there's no coffin it's just a headstone I imagine there's someone probably just put some ashes right there or something it'd be pretty rough to get a coffin yeah it would but after bitching and moaning up that hill in the dark got back to the truck about 9.30 went back to camp got there about 10 packed her up I decided I was headed home packed her up hit the truck and Got home about 1 a.m. That was such a fun hunt. Was I awake when you got back? I don't think so. I just remember one hunt. You came back really late. and I don't know why I do that. All the time I do that. I it's mean, like, it'll be like 9, 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, well, the hunt's over. Let's go home. I mean, it's still uh, like... Even like backpacking, you remember? It's like, well, it's like we can just go home tonight. Let's go. And it's rather sit there in that tent and die by mosquitoes or go home. <laughs> mosquitoes were bad there. They were. That's going to conclude this episode. We're going to make it into a two-part episode, guys. So you'll have to stay tuned for the next one. We still got Arizona elk and Kaisen's cow elk hunt. The Arizona elk will be good. A lot of a lot of memories made there. It's still pretty fresh in the mind. <laughs> your so, Colorado elk still pretty fresh in your mind. Yeah. All right. So to end this episode with a little highlighted news... This article is from GoHunt.com. If you are not a member of GoHunt, I recommend you at least read their articles. And some of them are insider only, which is their membership. It's an annual subscription. It's $150 a year. But for that $150 a year, you get everything. You you have an account with their online store, which is all the hunting gear you could ever possibly need for backpack hunting. Um, You get their maps, which is awesome. They're not quite 
the imagery is great the desktop version is awesome I do have a complaint about their mobile version the actual GPS is slow like it's not real time it doesn't load to where you should be it takes a minute to actually tell you your exact location so that's a little slow not quite as fast as Onyx and that's why I still use both Go Hunt has a lot cooler features and has better satellite imagery just the GPS aspect of it is not as fast as Onyx and so I still use Onyx for that for my tracking my uh, I don't know how you say that but my track tracking definitely recommend you use that you get you also get their insider their draw odds for the western United States for all big game love that especially right now during application season I'm spending a lot of time on Go Hunt's website so if you want to hunt out of state, I highly recommend you sign up for Go Hunt. You will not regret it. It took me about a year to convince myself to do it and wish I would have done it a long fucking time ago. To get back to the news here, poaching crimes still on the rise in Utah. In 2022, there was 1,283 illegally killed animals. It's higher than the previous year and includes both big game, small, feathered, furry, and scaled. Some of these are just not really sure we, I need to find out more on it and I will try to dig into this and have a whole entire news update on this it'll be a short news podcast on it to highlight it in 2022 there was 179 deer killed 134 elk 5 moose 1 mountain goat 1 bear 14 mountain lions and 782 fish not really sure and this is why I want to dig into it, how you poach a mountain lion, because I thought the tags were statewide and 365. So I don't know how you poach a mountain lion unless there is some limited entry units on that. I'll have to ask Pat how that happens. We will let you know more about that when we actually bring this up in just a news-specific podcast. The Wyoming deadline is coming up January 31st, just as a reminder I put in today. Arizona is coming up right after that on February 4th for Arizona. A little recap on that. Colorado elk is the first time I'd ever done the gutless method. Always known how. And if you kind of have gutted an animal before and quartered one up, it's really actually super simple. I mean, it made me go, why the fuck have I been gutting animals? It's pointless. If you're going to quarter them up and pack them out, it's pointless to gut an animal. Yeah, it's a little tough to get to the uh, tenderloins, but you can still get them out. It can be done. But it really made me go, why the fuck have I been gutting it? I only get blood up to about my wrist. When you gut one, I'm up up to my shoulders. I'm covered in fucking blood. So I definitely recommend learning the gutless method. That was awesome. There, uh, There is a lot of YouTube videos that people have explained how to do it. But if you've gutted one before and quartered one, you really, if you just think about it, you understand it. All you got to do is scape it, get the quarters off, get your meat off, and you're done. No reason to gut it. Gutless method is not difficult. Well, guys, we'll sign off with... Keep fighting and never quit. Go hunt, guys. Peace out. Bye, folks.